We all know that there's excitement around Deion Sanders in Colorado, but how soon will they be contending nationally? I'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba, and thank you guys for joining me today on this lovely episode of Locked on Buffs. Um, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Today, we are talking about how soon can Colorado and Coach Prime contend. We're also going to be talking about some NIL rankings um, in regards to Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders. And then we're going to, of course, end with the Pac-12's TV issues as that continues to be an ongoing problem in the midst of what should be an interesting season, probably the best Pac-12 season we've had over in over a decade. But let's dive right into what all of you guys came here for. How soon will Colorado be contending? Um, I think some people are hoping that it's this year. Um, a lot of people have been p- placing national championship bets. Um, others have been not so positive about the Colorado bus this year. They think uh, four or five wins. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. I think six or seven wins is reasonable. I think they have seven winnable games on their schedule. And I think depending on, on how much depth they have, uh, they could either exceed that limit or that number, or they will fall below it. Either way, I'm excited for what Coach Prime is going to bring. Um, But the other day, 24-7 Sports wrote about the 10 teams that they think will, um, who could rise to the top by 2025. So in two seasons, basically. So they released a whole top 25, but then they wrote a separate article about the 10 teams who could rise to the top, meaning contend, um, maybe win it all. And so this is the first part of what they said. There's nowhere to go but up after a 1-11 season. Given Deion Sanders' aggressive transfer portal overhaul, 25 players and counting, the Buffaloes project to be much better, regardless of an immensely challenging schedule. The real question for Colorado and Sanders is what the team will look like come 2024 and 2025. And then he says, well, I do have a legitimate question about how Sanders coaching will stack up in a situation where he doesn't have an overwhelming talent edge. His coordinator hires Sean Lewis and Charles Kelly help mitigate some of those concerns. Those are proven capable play callers. They can at least in part allow Sanders to do what he's great at, generate attention, relate to players and recruit his butt off. So there's a little more, but I'm going to dive into that part right now. They're already I think people don't don't really how do I say this? Um, I think there's a misunderstanding of how good of a coach Coach Prime is actually, actually is. Um, he kind of takes an executive role uh, as a head coach. Um, he did so at Jackson State, and he's going to likely be doing so at Colorado with Charles Kelly and Sean Lewis, kind of just oversee um, their play calling and stuff like that. But his recruiting is obviously top tier, second to none. Um, he's flipped two five-star corners, the two best corners in back-to-back classes. And, hey, he may do it again this year. Um, I think in terms of not having more talent than over than the other rosters, I think this roster right now is pretty talented. Um, I would say it's one of the more talented rosters just from on paper um, in the conference. And I think, one, it's only going to get more talented with more recruits coming in, more transfer portal talent. But you also have to factor in, the Pac-12 right now is at its strongest it's ever been, or I wouldn't say ever been. I mean, it could be ever been. I don't know about I don't know about those Pac-8 days or anything like that. I don't want to go back and dive into that. But I think the Pac-12 from top to bottom is at the strongest it's been in my lifetime, um, which that is nearly 24 years. I'm I'm in my LeBron year right now. I'm shout out LeBron or for you old heads, my Jordan year. Um, but here's the thing: 
the Pac-12 is as talented as ever as it's ever been. And so trying to revamp a program in year one may be difficult just because there's six, five or six contending teams. And so I could see why that's a concern right now. But I think in, if you give Coach Prime two years to recruit guys um, with the full offseason to recruit guys from the transfer portal after um, success, I think it'll, the roster will only be more talented. And they're they already signed a top 25 class. That number is only going to go up. They'll probably this next year, they'll probably be top 15 year after that top 10. And then once they start making their way into the top 10, everybody needs to watch out. Um, that's for sure. Um, so they continued saying Sanders is a top tier recruiter who will continue to snatch away top 100 players from blue bloods. His presence allows Colorado to access talent. It hasn't had since the last, the last embers of its nineties run. Um, Sanders makes Colorado relevant and given a USC and UCLA list pack 12 Colorado is at least hypothetically capable of competition for a conference crown come 2025. And then he says, do I wonder how Sanders will recruit when Colorado to struggle when Colorado struggles to win in year one? Of course, but sometimes a brand is so resonant it overcomes obstacles. That seems to be Sanders superpower and anyone who could land Travis Hunter and Kumani McLean in back-to-back cycles will continue to shock some people. Okay. This prediction doesn't surprise me by any means, and I firmly agree that by 2024, I think they'll be contending for a Pac-12 championship. 2025, I think they'll be contending nationally. Um, and hear me out. He has two – every coach dreams about having their – or dreams, I guess. they. Every coach wants their own guys on the roster. So when they take the job, they want guys that they recruited, guys that they added. Coach Prime kind of already skipped that awkward phase because he basically brought in – he's going to bring in – nearly 60 or even 70 new players from the transfer portal. And while they aren't his guys, they're close to guys that they're, they're as close as it gets. Um, usually coaches inherit a roster. They kind of have to deal with what's left over the scraps from years prior. Coach Prime doesn't really have that um, issue. Um, the Pac-12 at, it's at its strongest right now. Next year is not going to be as strong. It's going to be open for a team like Colorado um, to kind of ascend to the top while other programs are looking to revamp the losses that they will have. And three, I think we're just under, I think we underestimate coach prime. Um, we've already had urban Meyer. This was a while back, maybe a couple months ago. He said they'll be con- contending the next couple of years. Joel Klatt said the same thing. Um, and so I think given two years of recruiting um, development, uh, even guys learning Sean Lewis's and Charles Kelly's off offense and defense, I think Colorado will be a program that contends much quicker than a program like, I don't know, say a Texas A&M or um, on this list, they had Wisconsin and Miami and Texas Tech, um, among others such as USC, which I feel like that's no surprise, Texas, LSU. And so I think for Colorado to be in the conversation with Texas and LSU, um, Penn State, I think they could easily contend quicker than at least a half of this list. Um, I don't think that's too absurd to say. And I think it's all going to stem down to, it's all going to come down to how coach prime continues to bring in talent and then continues to get guys that he wants in his system. Okay, guys, the NBA playoffs are almost here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel excuse me, even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay. So I, the other day, which I wrote about the 
NIL rankings of all college athletes a while back. Um, but it resurfaced again um, just the other day of where of who makes the most in college football and to no one's surprise or not who not who doesn't make the most. It's more so who has the largest NIL value um, because there's no way to really know how much these kids are bringing in. Um, and so they they over at on three and PFF was the one that kind of got this discussion going, generated a top five ranking of the top five players with NIL value in college football. So number five is Drake May from North Carolina. Um, he was a Heisman, probably the Heisman favorite until the Tar Heels fizzled at the end of last year, losing like three or four straight at the end. Then you go up to number four, um, familiar name, Shadur Sanders. Um, comes over from Jackson State after throwing for basically 7,000 yards, 70 touchdowns, um, minimal interceptions. Uh, they're both valued at $1.5 million. Um, and we again, we don't know the number. That's their valuation according to On3. Um, but a lot of people want their hands on Shadur. He's probably the most interesting, one of the most interesting quarterback stories in the country this year um, just because he's making the jump from Jackson State to Colorado. Some people think it, it's going to be difficult. Others don't. He personally just says there's going to be more people watching, and so that's just going to be the only difference for him. And so I like his confidence. I talked about on yesterday's show. Um, then you go up one spot to number three, and this is actually the only non quarterback on this list. You got Travis Hunter, the two way star for Colorado, former number one, overall recruit, former number one transfer. Um, he was ranked the number one player in the portal this past season. Um, he's someone that for Colorado has a chance to not only ensure up their defense, um, which obviously very, it's going to look very different last year. They'll probably have nine or 10, Eight to eight to ten new starters. Um, it was a defense that ranked one of the worst in the country. But now they have Travis Hunter, Jordan Dominic, Shane Cox, uh, Leonard Payne. They have guys all over. Demoy Kennedy. Um, they have so many different places in there. Uh, I think Travis Hunter has a chance to kind of step into his own. Um, I think at Jackson State, I don't want to say he got off to a slow start, but offensively he didn't put up the crazy numbers that people were hoping. Um, but this is year two of Shadur at quarterback. Year two in college, better facilities, better training. Same with Shadura. Better, better facilities, better training, better teammates um, for the most part. There were some guys at Jackson State, don't get me wrong, but the overall surrounding cast here at Colorado should be um, better than it was over at Jackson State. And so they have many more resources that should help them thrive. And it's no surprise that Travis Hunter comes in as the number three guy. Uh, I just like to think about when he was in the portal and coach prime had already announced um, that he was going to Colorado. He had already announced that Shadura was a starting quarterback at Colorado. And we knew that Travis, Travis entered the portal and there was speculation that maybe Georgia will get him. Maybe he'll go to Florida state for real this time. Um, Mike Norvell wanted him back. We all know that Travis made that public. Um, Travis made sure to kind of, to kind of bank off his popularity, which I totally respect the move. He asked for a hundred K subscribers on YouTube and then, would announce his decision then he was kind of teasing everybody with like the decision where will it be and like the little um clip art would have like a colorado logo georgia logo stuff like that so travis hunter plays the game very well and i think um the more he continues to succeed the higher he could go up this list um, i don't know i want to say jabril peppers from michigan for sure was the last at least the one that I'm th the only one that I, only one guy I can remember is Jabril, Jabril Peppers is a guy that played two ways and kind of had a two way impact. I don't think it'll be as great as Travis Hunter's because obviously Jabril was kind of a package guy. I think Travis Hunter will literally be one of the better receivers on the roster. Even John Garcia Jr. when he's on the show talks about his elite skill set and how he's one 
the most has some of the best ball skills he's ever seen um, in the state of in recruiting um, in his time in covering recruiting. Um, so yeah, Travis has a chance to really make an impact. And I think um, in terms of popularity, I don't know if we will ever have, or I don't know if we have had, I don't know if I say ever, but I don't know if we've had a corner slash receiver as popular as Travis Hunter will be if he starts to play um, up to his potential. Um, and it's not to say he wasn't, he was a freshman. Um, so you got to get used to the college game, but now with Shudder Sanders in year three, um, hopefully a better offensive line, other wide receiver weapons, giving him space to open up and Sean Lewis's offense will certainly make life easier on those route runners. I think Travis Hunter could easily be one of the top, top earners in NIL and one of the top players in college football. Um, moving on just to continue out the list, there is Caleb Williams at number two, who is arguably, I think hands down the best quarterback in college football right now. Um, I thought he was the best quarterback last year, even with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud in the mix. Um, he's just, he's an interesting guy. He does fashion stuff. He is kind of a, a different type of quarterback. Um, reminds, reminds a lot of people of Patrick Mahomes. Um, some even say he has, he's for, he, which I totally agree with. He's further along at this point than Patrick Mahomes was at Texas tech. So, Caleb Williams, um, his value is at 2.6 million. Um, Travis's was at 1.7, by the way. I think I skipped over that. And then number one, and this is kind of surprising because I believe I actually read something that he was not going to do NIL stuff somewhere, but I could be wrong. Arch Manning, the Texas freshman who is currently battling it out for the number two spot on Texas's depth chart behind Quinn Ewers. He's battling with Malik Murphy, a Los Angeles kid at quarterback. Um, 3.7 million. Um, he's, his value is literally a million dollars more than second and then two more than third. So he's definitely someone who a lot of people are looking forward to watching. Um, I think it's one number one overall recruit at Texas. Texas is a very popular place. I was just there the other day. I, I was just there. That's where I was recording from the past couple of days. I was in Austin. Um, and he has this little thing called being a Manning. Um, I think a Manning quarterback is probably, I don't know if it gets any more football royalty than that. I think a Sanders DB would be the closest thing. And I think Shadur Sanders being a quarterback is probably the, the closest thing in college football we have to the Manning pedigree. Um, and honestly, I don't, I'm not trying to get into who is a better NFL player. I'm just talking about in terms of football success, you have Archie, you have Eli, you have Cooper who was, allegedly one of the best ones of the group but had a injury injure his career into his career and then you have Peyton so a lot of Manning success at quarterback um but yeah the whole point of this just me talking about it was Colorado is seen they have and this is kind of a recruiting tool for Colorado you come to Colorado you play for coach prime you're already getting coached by one of the best football players ever who has a great staff. You're getting great exposure in the Pac-12 in terms of they are going to be one of the marquee teams. Um, and three, you can earn a lot of NIL money. Um, I think, and we saw when Coach Prime was hired, they were, they didn't release the amount that he was hired with, but they were like, we'll get the money and we'll figure it out. Um, I think the NIL donors with a, a vibrant Colorado football program will only want to donate more um, and provide more NIL options. So, huge things coming up for Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders. This season could really boost their, their NFL stock, their NI, their NFL draft stock, their NIA value, and just the overall success of the program. So excited to see what those two young men are able to do. Um, I want to thank you guys for making locked on bust your first listen today for your second listen, go check out our brand new podcast, locked on college basketball experts, Isaac Shad and Andy Pratt and bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. 
Plus, here for big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on college basketball. Available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Um, same, we are also available wherever you get your podcast on and on YouTube. Um, now, how I did, yeah, I did this yesterday. I talked about Pac-12 expansion. Um, I don't know if it was the the scheduling gods coming at me, but um, now as soon as I'm ready to talk about expansion and what the Pac-12 should do, I threw out UConn as a th- just to go over it because that seems pretty random. San Diego State, SMU, those are my locks. I think Tulane, Colorado State should be the next two in, and then if we want to get spicy, UConn and then Rice, just because they're in Texas and adds another Texas program. Um, UConn basketball blue blood, they've won five championships and. I, I think since 1999, um, they would replace UCLA, whatever. Um, we all know that. Uh, but here's the thing. Dennis Dodd wrote um, an article saying the Pac-12 is unlikely to reach media rights deal with more than 50% of their games airing on TV. Um, so what this means is they were hoping that, uh, well, let me just read the quote. Um, this is an interview with, uh, let's see, Jim Williams who is a media consultant. He said, I am an absolute loss how NBC, CBS, ESPN, ABC, or Fox gets the Pac-12 to 50%. So he continued, and this guy's won seven seven Emmys as a producer for five different regional sports networks through a career that began in 1977. I don't know how anybody could sit there and assure you that we're going to have that much on linear TV. I don't know. I don't see how they get, excuse me. I don't see how they get there. And so getting, obviously getting on, um, linear TV is like one of the biggest parts of the Pac-12 deal. They want to exceed the Big 12's 31.6 million um, per school, and so that was something that the Pac-12 keeps saying that they're going to do. But if this problem persists, that's going to be a lot more difficult. And then he says, "What is close enough? I assume close enough is somewhere north of 25 million. Is it 27? Is it 28?" And so he also he also threw out the Pac-12 going back to ION and CW, um, which I think was something that we talked about as a whole for the Pac-12. Sorry, I was just like stunned reading that again. Uh, I forgot about the the ION <laughs> days, but he he sees value in ION and CW, which was they televised things. ION's things such as Law and Order, CW is things such as Riverdale. Uh, I don't even know what other shows they have, they have on there, but don't think that's what the Pac-12 was hoping for. I think they want an ESPN, Apple, or slash Amazon pairing. Um, but yeah, so he said he continued saying they could get there with Ion or get there with CW. If I were talking to one of these presidents, I would have zero problem with CW. They got legacy television stations all over the country. Um, and then he says, I've said it five or six times. If they want to prove me wrong, I'm happy I've been proved wrong before. I'll be proved wrong in the future. Both of these are two legit broadcasts. And then he says the exact the issue is exactly how many of the approximately sixty to seven Pac twelve games are available for bidding would be streaming. Live college sports haven't hit yet as an investment for streaming flat platforms. However, in general, athletic directors and coaches would be against a large streaming company as a lack of visibility likely results in a negative impact on recruiting and branding. Okay, oof, this is such a pet peeve of mine. They are only getting more visible if they go to Apple or Amazon. The Pac-12 network is literally one of the least visible places to watch college, um, the Pac-12. Like, it it is what it is. Um, Loved working there. Uh, People, not a lot of people have those channels. I would would definitely make the argument that more people have Amazon or Apple um, streaming platforms than they do the Pac-12 network. I'm just going to be honest. I'll put that out there. So, again, saying that a lot of the games beyond streaming isn't available – what do you what does that mean? That's not true. 
being on Apple or Amazon means you're available. Um, if you're on the Pac-12 network, it's the same thing. You are still available, but you're more available on streaming. So that's a pet peeve of mine um, already. So the article continues on saying, this begs another question. Would having a large amount of content on ESPN's ESPN Plus streaming platform be more acceptable than the Pac-12 having games on Apple? This is, of course, assuming ESPN is still involved in talks. To put the Pac-12 predicament in perspective, the Big 12 will have a minimum of 70% of its games on linear platforms and its new media rights deal. So that's the hard part. Uh, that's the part that concerns the Pac-12 and Pac-12 fans because if their whole goal is to get a better deal than the Big 12 and they they can't even muster 50% of their games on cable or on linear television, excuse me, that's going to be tough. Um, programs are going to likely start looking elsewhere. Um, the Big Ten has a huge deal with CBS, the SEC with Fox, I think it is, um, and, or CBS or NBC. I don't know who. I think I for sure know the Big Ten's with CBS. The Big 12 has that ESPN deal. Real nice. Um, if you're not going to be able to get at least 50% of your games on TV, that's going to be a tough sell to programs like Oregon, Washington, even Colorado, and the four corner schools to – it's going to be a tough sell to them. They might start looking elsewhere again. So the Pac-12, who I don't know if they're playing defense at all, but they've kind of been on the defensive this whole time. It's like we've been waiting for them to do something for about a year now, and they haven't done anything yet, but they've also been able to like stave off all the rumors and all of the, all of the chatter. So I don't really know what to make of this because I think if they don't get a deal where they at least make more than the Big 12 – if they make if they somehow make close enough to the Big 12, um, because we've already had Pac-12 presidents say if the deal's close enough, why would we leave um, to make a few couple more million dollars? They they've already said that. Um, they if the deal's close enough and they could get enough games on TV, the conference should be fine. Expansion should help. Um, that's why I think they should do overdo it in some in expansion, kind of build up the the brand of the of the Pac-12 to kind of better themselves for a future deal. If they don't do that. And if they don't get a lot of games on TV um, and they don't get a, a, a good streaming partner, I think things could go seriously wrong for the Pac-12. And I think we'll start hearing the more more of the Pac-12 starts to fold rumors again. And we nobody wants to see that. We want to see the Pac-12 stay intact, or at least I do. I'm a, I'm a college football fan. I love the sport as a whole. And I don't want to see these two super conferences, three super conferences, um, just all because of money things. I know that money runs sports, but I don't want to see that. I want to see the Pac-12 stay intact. So hopefully George Kukov kind of is able to muster something. But either way, I enjoy talking to you guys as I do every day. Today we talked Coach Prime and Colorado contending. I think they'll be contending for a Pac-12 championship by next year. I think they'll be contending nationally but in two years. We talked about the NIL value that Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter have and what that does for the program, brings more attention brings more energy, brings more value to recruits going there, makes it more attractive. And then, of course, we just finished talking about the Pac-12's TV issues and how they may not get over 50% of their games streamed, which would be or on TV, excuse me, which would be tough. Um, but either way, we will continue to learn more about these situations. I will continue to have all the Colorado coverage you need. Thank you guys for making the Lockdown Buffs your first listen every day. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, share um go listen to our podcast if you don't want to see me um i appreciate you guys for getting us up to a thousand subscribers i greatly appreciate that that's a huge uh, monument in my short time here at the lockdown network and so i want to thank you guys for your support and i want to thank you guys for your feedback um if you have any questions that you would like me and any possible guests to discuss let me know in the comments i appreciate you guys have a great day have a great wednesday and i will see you guys tomorrow